Thanks, Nix. Just letting all the cold air out. What a dick. Probably why I came back. <laughs> it's hot everywhere else in the house, Dad. She should have the air conditioner on down there. Dude, my fucking air conditioner can't keep up with my my upstairs room. Yeah, the one in our bedroom can't. Yeah. I'm, about to, I'm about to switch it with this one because this one has a little bit more juice. Yeah, no, the one in the living room keeps up great. The one in the... I mean, my room's on the third floor. So, like... Yeah. However, I don't really understand how it gets that fucking hot up there because... So, the room's on the third floor, yeah. But the, the room right below it, the only connection to any other room in the house is my computer room, which is cold. So I don't know how so much hot air is getting up there that an air conditioner up there can't keep up with it. It's got to be the other half of the attic is leaking heat into this half. Because the, the attic is only half of a bedroom. The other half is an actual, like, literal bare-bones attic. There's no insulation. So in the fucking winter, it's cold as balls. And in the summer, it's hot as hell. Uh, so I'm imagining the heat's just kind of coming in from that side. So... I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna get some plastic up and seal the doorway because we don't go in the attic. It's literally only used for storage. So yeah, but yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> I hate the heat. <laughs> I would live in Canada if I could. It's not even August. I know. I was born in August. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, I hate summer, up. dude. I hate it. It's too hot. I'm like a dog. I don't do well in heat. I don't. I like the sun. Like, I, I like how the days look, but God, it's that fucking getting cooked. Yeah, yeah I, it's fucking off. If I can walk outside and fry an egg on my fucking sidewalk, it is too hot. <laughs> there was like a, a weatherman or something like that who baked cookies in his car. Like he just put the tray like on his dashboard and it fucking it took like all day. Nice. But they bake cookies yeah, and then he fed them to them. Yeah. Yeah. And your car smells probably pretty good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no. You don't like the smell of baking cookies? No. Oh. Not right. my car. Hmm. Hey, fair enough. No. Oh, did you guys see we got an emergency alert on our cell phones? Yes. 911 is down. Damn. What happens when 911 <laughs> is down? It says call your local police or fire department. But isn't that what, isn't that what you call 911 for? No, you get a dispatcher, and the dispatcher sends the police to the But how do you department. get the dispatcher's numbers? You don't now, right now. But how do I get to the station then? You what do you mean? It. You gotta Google. Yeah, you gotta Google it. <laughs> Yo, oh my god, I never have to call this number. I was driving to KFC today, and I just saw a fucking... I don't know what the hell was going on. I have no idea. We're just driving down the road. There's a fucking fire truck parked on the side of the road. Okay, kind of normal, I guess. They just line up a ladder on a power pole, okay? And there's a kid with his bike right next to the power pole. Fireman just starts going up the ladder. The kid walks over, holds the ladder. Instead of the other firemen... The kid holds the ladder. I'm like, I feel like that might not necessarily be the safest thing. I feel like the other firemen should probably hold the ladder. But other and, and but there was like nothing wrong with this pole. I'm like, why is this fireman going up this electrical pole? There's nothing up there. I I feel like that would be an electrician's job. Well, not an electrician, but like PPL Maybe or he's fucking. Practicing. For what? Maybe it's take your kid to work day and he's practicing. Why did the kid have a bike then? Is he not allowed to ride in the fire no, truck? Daddy, please, I want to be in the fire truck. No, 
You have to ride behind the fire truck on your bike. With that 911 being down there, all I can think of is like, whoop, the purge started now. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just like, whoop, you're not going to be able to call the cops, so have fun. Have fun. <laughs> Anybody wants to commit a crime, you probably have like an hour window. Who knows when it's going to be back up, though. <laughs> can at least make a run for it. You can, yeah. No, I've, I've never actually seen an emergency alert that says something come up on my phone. Other than Amber Alerts. We get those every now Tornado and then. Tornado Alerts. But I was that hazardous gas one the one time. I didn't see that. I don't think I got I mean, if I got it, it went away before I saw what it. What was it? What was hazardous Yeah, that's what I mean. Gas? I don't know what he's talking about. There was just hazardous gas. The sun was getting closer to the earth. We were fine. Well, it was the same day because when I was looking at Loot Crate, we had to leave early. Because I guess one of the train, because you know it was right next to the train station, well, like not like a train station, but like a train depot, and uh, we had like we had to leave early because one of the trains was like leaking an noxious chemical. Damn. Yeah. Damn. And then like a little bit later in the day, I popped up my phone like a warning for like that area down there. Uh, there was one time when we were kids, like the glue factory or something. Yeah, the, it, the glue factory exploded. Some glue went yeah. everywhere. It, it was on people's yeah. cars. Yeah, they had to literally special order solution to get it off of people's cars and give it to those people. Yeah, like, so they could get was, the glue off of their trucks. And it was and stuff. like the same thing. Is like they sent us. They eventually sent us home from school. I was. I can't. I was so young. So young, I only and they sent us home from school because of it. Because they said that there could still be like in the air. chemicals, like in the fucking air that yeah. people were going. So I was like, <laughs> I remember. I just remember when we were kids. It was just, like we all thought it was the funniest what thing the fuck ever. Is there a glue factory? That's uh, what I thought Crota. too. I think it was Crota. Okay, not that I. Should they make glue. Have said that, I. I mean, they use it. I don't know if they make it. It was one of those. It was probably Avery or Crota. It was in that. Yeah, I mean, they both make like chemicals. Yeah, so. it was okay. in that section. Um, if I remember right, but it, I I know exactly what you're talking about because my mom had glue all over her fucking truck, and she's like, "God damn it, why are they gonna send me that stupid solution to get it off?" Yeah, just a, dude. Yeah, it's so I weird. Don't make glue and we lived, we lived fucking miles away from that shit. I don't know how she got glue on her truck. You that know, shit went far. There's this dog food factory up like up north by Sayre, like up on the New York border. And that thing always fucking smelled awful every time I went by there. When we did shows in Virginia, the town that we went in, same exact thing. It was like right next to this big old place that made dog food. And dude, as, as soon as you get out of the car, every, like... What? Food? Yeah, but he, uh, every time we get out, year after year after year, it just smells like fucking, can- like the dry dog food. Oh, I see. I don't know what the fuck they made here, but it was probably, it smelled fucking... Well, they use scraps and everything. Oh, like, yeah. Nothing they put in it's, like, all that good, I mean, Actually, honestly. it's close to the slaughterhouse, and it wasn't that bad. Like, Damn. Okay. Dude, this is a lot. That is terrible. <laughs> that is bad. Man. Could you imagine working out there during this fucking heat? Oh, fuck that. I'm, I'm, you're firing me, or I'm calling off. Screw one or the other. I'm not going in. Oh, nah, my God. That. Or even worse, imagine living in one of those houses next to it right now. Fuck that. You don't. You already know, don't you? I mean, how far were you? Wasn't like I don't know, probably like three, like five miles, maybe. Like, oh, you're good. Well, but like well, some days, like the wind would fucking change, and then like just fucking yeah. go down. Yeah, yeah. But my one miles. homie lived like yeah. less Houses. than a mile from it. Yeah. It's just like there were some days, like in his backyard, like you weren't escaping that. No, like it's just it's just fucking just sitting out there in the valley, just fucking. Ugh. Oh yeah, mm. and then just give the bones away to like uh, places to like make like the bones for dogs and stuff. Yeah, they yeah. literally they just like they <laughs> what like. What else are you gonna do with them? 
I mean, I'm just surprised I don't try to sell them. You know what I mean? Because all the yeah, my one buddy who worked up there, he did the same thing. He's like, yo, he's like, would you mind if I grab one of these? He's like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. He's like, we just give them away. And he's like, dude. I go up to fucking PetSmart and buy these for like 20, 30 fucking bucks. Yeah. Like you're just giving them away. And that's all they do. Literally, like they just give them away to those stores. Those stores, all they do is just like fucking throw them in a fucking, in a, a wrapper. They probably whatever, bake them yeah. off and yeah. then like just. They just bake them off and then put like whatever flavor or whatever they fucking want. But it's just like, dude, so easy. Like a steal in fucking money. For all right, boys, fucking- I've got a new business plan. You just need a big truck. Yeah, okay. I can get, I can get one of those. You think U-Haul charges for smells? Yeah, there's a cleaning fee. Damn. Well, how much is it? We could still make turn a pretty big profit. Yes. Yeah, Until we can afford our own truck. <laughs> exactly. Oh shit, though. That's that's nuts, though. I didn't know they just gave them away. Yeah, they got enough shit going on to deal with. Yeah, and I mean, like, to be fair, like, uh, what else happen? are you gonna do with them? Like, other than give them to people to make bones for dogs, <coughs> but. I still figured they'd charge at least something. I mean, hell, Walmart sells their bales. Yeah. Like, their cardboard bales. Walmart sells that shit. And their plastic and all that fun jazz. Always just take them from work. Like, hey, can I have some of these boxes? Well, yeah, they don't care if you take them (laughs) normally. But, like, Walmart actually turns a profit on their fucking waste, essentially. Dude, that when I took out boxes when I was moving last from Caleb back over at the Woolwich warehouse, I could have just loaded my car up because it was just me and him there. Everyone else had left, and he was like, "Yeah, just take whatever you want." And like walked away to the office to like go do but stuff. From Luke No, no, from uh, <coughs> from the Woolwich warehouse. No, remember uh, he yeah. did load his car up from Luke Crate. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just grabbed like fucking like two like bales of cardboard boxes and just got the fuck out of there. Fuck them. <laughs> That's one way to look at it. I should have took a tape gun too. <laughs> ah, I should have took the tape gun too. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? This room to talk. I'm Bud Walker. Michael Klosky. I'm Seth. What are we covering today, Mike? Uh, we're going to be talking about the Battle of Athens. The Battle of Athens. Athens probably. Tennessee. Yeah, I was going to say, probably, <laughs> probably say not the not. one that <laughs> some people might think of when you. <laughs> oh, yeah, Athens, Tennessee, 1946. Bet you never heard of that. Cause, I had. Yeah, I fucking haven't. What, what's it about? Basi- what happened? Like, basically, a bunch of GIs come home from World War II, and then they find that their county in Tennessee has basically just been, like, corrupted with, like, uh, basically like a democratic political machine has come in and just like taken over the town like pretty much all of Tennessee and uh there's sheriffs just going around extorting people and stuff like that like they literally stop buses coming in and just like taking people randomly if they're like even just sleeping for like drunkenness because they were doing like uh pay basically cops got paid based off how many tickets they gave out oh yeah no that was that was a terrible system that's yeah. happened in multiple places anytime you pay cops based on how many tickets they write out fucking they will write a ticket for everything because why wouldn't you i get paid for it like well, and then the gis came home and they didn't really take too kindly to all this well yeah and uh people there was a lot of suspicion about the sheriff was just rigging the elections every time and so they wanted to have a fair election and they decided to do something about it and it's actually interesting like a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about is kind of like stuff that like happened again like almost like on january 6th and like even just with uh like the like political campaigns like leading up to everything that happened like this year with the election like some of it's a lot similar <laughs> yeah well history repeats itself mm-hmm. people don't like to lose and there's always a losing party when it comes to politics 
at least in America. Not necessarily in all politics, though, I guess. <laughs> There's only one party. You're always a winner. Communism. It works on paper. It does. Communism's perfect on paper. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's when you introduce the element of human. That's when it becomes bad. Yeah, some, in some instances, communism's the way to go. In very, very small communities, yep. it will work. If you're stuck on an island, communism, good good way to... Be your go-to. Yeah, good way to yeah. go. Good way to go. <laughs> Bigger societies, maybe not so much. Especially if it's just you on that island, because you don't want to have to like elect yourself president. That's like, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, like usual, we got a couple of news stories first. Ooh, I'm excited. So, uh, in Liberia, General, and this is his name, Butt Naked. <laughs> oh no. Rehabilitates ex-child soldiers. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, no. Why? That sounds terrible. So, uh, former Liberian... Why is his name that? Why ex-child? We'll we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Why why not adult? I love love it when Mike's like, oh, we'll get there. Well, I mean, during the Civil Wars that were going on there, most of it was done with children, soldiers, fighting. Yeah. So... Okay, uh, I guess. I guess that matters. I just you can't I just rehabilitate like, the adults if there were no adults fighting if they were all kids. <laughs> but they're adults now. That's yeah. the ex-child. Yeah. You rehabilitate the adult. Yes. So and but they were ex-child soldiers. Yeah, so but they are never. They never transitioned. They never grew up. They never transitioned. They Lost boys and so, girls. Uh, the former Liberian rebel general, butt naked, notorious for sacrificing children and charging into battle in the nude. That's how he got his of name. Of course. Now oh, spends no. his time trying to rescue extra soldiers from drugs. He was one of the most feared figures to emerge from the West African country civil wars. Joshua Balahi, by his own admission, sacrificed children and cannibalized them. What? He would also fight naked in the belief that this imbued him with spiritual power, earning him the moniker General Butt Naked. Wait, so this man went from cannibalism and charging into battle naked to saying don't do drugs yeah. and being Ronald Reagan? Yeah, you want to know why? He found Jesus. Oh, yeah! After he's eating children? Yeah. Well, yeah, he, he saw Jesus in one of their hearts. Like, literally, it was a picture of Jesus tattooed <laughs> onto their heart. And then he ate it, and Jesus became one with him. Okay? <laughs> and this is how you find Jesus. Take notes. There will be a quiz. <laughs> it's insane. So mass killings, torture, and rape characteristic uh, characteristic uh, characterize Liberia's two civil wars, which ranged from 1989 to 1997, and from 1999 to 2003. Damn, that's recent. Claiming lives around a quarter of a million people, and many of these brutal crimes were carried out by drugged-up child soldiers. And then, when the fighting ended, many of these youngsters remained hooked on drugs and slipped into a life of crime. Well, Dude, some yeah. of these places in the world are fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Like, this shit is insane. And there's a <laughs> bunch of places like this all over the fucking place. Like, yeah, I mean, and like the last, the last of their civil wars ended in 2003. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. Just that's the recent. whole, like, just generations of children, like, just generations of adults over there that are just like dealing with like this type of. Yeah, PTSD fuck. and fucking yeah. addiction and well, I mean, you can see what happened with Israel and Palestine in their recent like the oh recent my God, like, exchanges. Yeah. Like in Palestine, they don't have the great big missile defense system that Israel has. Yeah. Like, sure, they may have launched a couple of rockets, but like when Israel launched back, 
house and didn't have a defense. Yeah, and so they it's just way get fucking worse. rocked. Yeah. And yeah. then, dude, there's videos. You can go look at it. Oh, like, yeah. No, I was, yeah. Just, like, kids just walk around the street just fucking wide-eyed, thousand-yard stare, like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Dude, there's... I feel like our entire lives, we've grown up with those exactly what you're just talking about right there. Our entire lives, we've been watching news stories of the, of like fucking us bombing cities or sit. Or well, our generation, like, literally, my entire life. Yeah. Because like we yeah. we've been in Desert Storm since what ninety six, ninety five, ninety four. Yeah. yeah. Even, and it, we never left. We're still fucking over there in the Middle East, just bombing people in the parking lots. Well, that's a, our generation is the first generation that was actually able to grow up and see exactly what's happening around the world almost at all times. I mean, nowadays it is at all times. But yeah. when we were a little bit younger, like back in you know 2000, it might not be <laughs> instantaneous. But with the advent of the internet and computers, like our generation is the first one to be able to just have all that information of like what's going on at our fingertips. Yeah, I just, and I feel like it, it makes a big difference on how we perceive the world versus like yeah, man. We're always just watching little kids like that. There's that, little kids walking around wait, in a bombed ass fucking city, and we're just like. Yeah, that's shit. Like, or like a destroyed. Yeah, we like, we made the missiles and gave it to the people who didn't. Exactly. Do it. Yeah. Like, why can't we do something about that? There could there can be change made here, people. Like there can be, but and unfortunately, I don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon. So, uh, General Butt Naked for his part became an evangelical preacher. Can't get over that. That's on that's on par with like Tic Tac Toe and Quizzy Pantuti. <laughs> we made them take arms and consume drugs. The forty nine year old told AFP. Now I want to repair that mistake. Since two thousand six, he has been traveling to slums in the capital of Monrovia to try to engage with former child soldiers. The former rebel also built a compound twenty five kilometers north of the city in two thousand twelve, where he runs training sessions in a bid to reintegrate them into society. For me, these kids are victims and not perpetrators, he said. According to coaxing them out of the underworld is a challenge. First off, how much money does this man have that he can just build a 25-kilometer-long fucking fact, uh, like... Well, facility? I'm assuming his side won and he was a general, so probably a lot. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I usually explain to them my own story, and then I ask them to follow suit by giving their lives to Christ and leaving the drugs. <laughs> He explains to them that he killed other children, he yeah, ate he, them, he ran naked into battle. He's like, yeah, but I love Jesus. Could now, you so just okay. imagine, a, like, you've seen this dude before. You've seen him charge into battle, fucking buck-ass naked, eating people, and he just walks up to you and be like, hey, put down the needle. You ever think about Jesus? <laughs> yeah, have you ever? Like, like, what the, I could not picture that happening. His compound is surrounded by high walls topped with barbed wire, and huh. inside, grown-up former child soldiers hold the ground and tend to four brick bread ovens. There's also a small chicken farm on the site, and volunteers come to teach skills such as carpentry, plumbing, and painting. I bet you he makes a pretty profit off of this stuff, too. <coughs> Wait, did this man just reinvent the United States prison system? I mean... It sounds like he probably sells whatever they make in that factory. <coughs> it's surrounded by barbed wire. He's even got chickens, okay? Not that they have anything to do with the American prison <laughs> system, but he has them. They're there. Well, it's in Africa, so the barbed wire might just be for animals. What do you mean? I, I don't know. I, I feel like... I don't know, maybe. I don't... Uh, maybe. I don't know how uh, lions... If they actually get into factories and stuff. Well, it's not like a factory. It's just like... Well, it's a compound. Yeah, yeah. It's just a big... Like, it could be a ranch, like, basically. Yeah, it could be a big ranch. I don't know. Do you have to worry about lions on your ranch in Africa? Probably. This is a new story. Okay, this is a topic for another podcast. 
How many lions get on ranches in Africa on average? We'll uh, find this out. Some 500 former child soldiers have passed through the compound, according to General Butt-Naked. General butt God I just love it. using his name. Well, yeah, at, at that point, like, it's a great name. I would speak of myself in third person if I had that name. One of, one of them, 38-year-old William Willison, said that he robbed people with machetes for drug money before meeting Bilal. I choose to go to Bible school, Wilson said. Today I'm an evangelicalist and married with three kids to a, and to the daughter of a bishop. Oh, good for him. Another former child soldier, 33, uh, Titus Sylvester Borber, said that the general helped him kick drugs and put him on the path to becoming a university student. Say my parents are happy. They've accepted me back, he said. Good. Well, at least he's doing good. Many children took up arms to protect their relatives during the Civil War, but found themselves rejected by their families once the fighting stopped. It put a deep bitterness in them, explaining that the legacy of the conflict was still keenly felt across the country. So there's, like, even almost 20 years later, they're still, like, dealing with all this shit. Well, yeah, you, you go to war as a child hopped up on drugs, you probably, unless you have That's what I was saying, health. just generations of fucking, like, children grown to adults with PTSD and fucking and addiction. They have no and no resources just, to help yeah, them, and yeah. like, what, like, <laughs> dude, we couldn't even think about, like, couldn't well, even fathom, like, what the fuck. I, I don't approve of your past, but good on you, butt naked. Proud of you helping some kids. Uh, dude, uh, you can't say you're proud of... He ate kids. Yeah, and guess what? Now, 49-year-old whoever is married to a bishop's daughter and has that three kids. That is not penance. <laughs> I didn't say it was. What if he helps as many kids as he ate? No. Oh. <laughs> what if he helps double the amount no. of kids that he ate? No. Quadruple? No. Now, what if we go on a quadratic curve here of no. kids he ate? No. Oh, all right. No, 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 no. Nothing could make up for the fucking fact what if he that you makes, ate children. What if he makes as many kids as he, he ate? He raped, murdered, and ate them. Think, like, no. Yeah, but what happens if he makes as many as he ate? No. Then he's just replaced them. No. It's not a, it's no. Okay, fair enough. It's about quality, not quantity. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Well, wait, what if, what if the kids grow up to, like, cure cancer? Then it's quality that he has replaced us with. No. Mm. Hey, yeah, what if one of the kids he ate was going to be a new Hitler? That, you know what? You can't rule that out. Doesn't matter. It's still wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're not you wrong. For, you can't forgive that. You're not wrong. In no way do I condone eating of children, but... Usually I'm the one who plays devil's advocate, and you guys are just ganging up on me over here with a fucking child fucking... Cannibal. Listen, I'm just saying, if you go on a quadratic curve, eventually it's got to equal out. He's just he's trying to do better, man. General butt naked. I get it, but like, ah, uh. there's a reason I said I don't condone his past, but good on him for now. And also the name, you know, the name gives him some bonus points. I'm just saying. Maybe this next guy could have helped General butt naked. Uh, 19-year-old Jack Callahan was, quote, exercising demons from his father in a Duxbury Pond death. <laughs> so the 19-year-old okay. uh, man allegedly believed he was exercising demons from his father before his death in a Duxbury Pond and has been ordered to undergo a mental health evaluation. Jack Callahan was ordered, was ordered held without bail after pleading not guilty to a murder charge in Plymouth District Court. Understandable. Um... I, too, exercise demons in a pond on a regular basis. Well, but it killed his father. Mm, see, I'm the Pope, so I don't make those mistakes. <laughs> Police said Callahan went to a bar in Boston Sunday night to get his father, 57-year-old Scott Callahan, who wasn't supposed to be drinking. 
<laughs> oh, it was just the demons in the liquor. Just putting that out there. It was the spirits Wait, in the liquor. Yeah, the, no, the demons made him drink. Yeah. An Uber picked them up and dropped them off at Island Creek Pond in Crocker Park near their home in Duxbury. And then this is where Jack said his father hit him. Then the fight moved into the pond. Prosecutor Shannon Buckingham said Callahan told investigators he believed he was baptizing his father in the pond to exorcise his demons. He described that he was holding his father in the pond on his back like a baby, that he continually dunked his father's head in the water about four to eight times. That's when the father started to cough and choke. He would lift his head up and then he would... And then the father started to fight and strike him. He pushed the head back down into the water. <laughs> he did so until his father was no longer struggling and floating. Wait, I've got a question. Did you say his father hit him before he started putting him in yeah. the water or after? Why the fuck would you not claim self-defense? No, 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 that's what you're saying. The man said that the guy hit him. Like, that hit that's him. That's what I mean. Why would you not claim self-defense <laughs> instead of exercising demons? Well, yes, that's a part of it, but the main reason that he did it was to exercise the demons out of his father. Just <clears> fucking <throat> say the fight went sideways <clears throat> and we were in the pond and drowned. It's self-defense if, depending on what's state you're in, you're probably fucking good. <laughs> the defendant indicated to the officers that he made statements to the victim at this time stating, I left him there to decide. You can come with to heaven with me or hell. I think he chose hell. So that the guy told the cops that when the cops got there. Oh my god. <laughs> Callahan told investigators he blacked out when he woke up, his father was missing. What? I wonder why. Duxbury police received a call around 2am that Jack Callahan was acting erratically. First responders later found Scott Callahan at the bottom of the pond. He was rushed uh, to he was rushed to the hospital in Plymouth, where he was pronounced dead. And uh, his son is under arrest. And he's been charged I with wonder his why. Murder. I wonder why. You demons get out of my daddy. <laughs> more like more like daddy get out of my life. <laughs> yeah, just at that point he hit you first. Claim self defense. You're probably so much more likely to get out. Like, I just... Demons, really? That's what you're going with? Yeah, but the whole, like, saying, like, I left him here. I told him he'd come to heaven with me or hell, but I think yeah, he's, he's going just going gonna to Yeah, <laughs> he's just going to go to a mental institution. Actually, you know, he could get off of the sanity, insanity plea. He could. He was doing the work of Christ. Yeah. That demand deserves a raise in the demon exercising community. <laughs> I am the Pope. I can make that happen. Well, get to it. I don't when know. When did you become somebody. the Pope? You know, when I started fighting demons secretly at night. When he became a draconian. Hey! <laughs> oh, yeah, you did just get your second shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have my second shot. Yo, I saw a beautiful video the other day, and it was it was essentially about, you know, how the anti-vaxxers are like, why would you ever get that? The government's just killing people that, you know, this this injection's gonna kill people, so I'm not taking it. And somebody's just like, wouldn't the government kill the people that don't get the vaccine because the people that do are quote-unquote sheep, and the government would want them around because they could control them easier? And the fucking just look on the anti-vaxxers' face was like, Holy shit, I need to get this vaccine now. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to make sense to these people. No, it does. Okay, but that is the most logical assumption going based <laughs> off of what they were saying. If the government is going to purge people, it's not going to be the ones that are going to listen to what they're saying. It's going to be the ones that don't. Yes, and, ha and then half of those people also believe that 
people were tying up kids and torturing them to suck out the adrenochrome out of their kidneys and Fair make them enough. live forever. Did you ever hear the fucking... I don't remember what business it was, but there's an online like platform that you buy stuff off of where people were like, they're selling kids. Oh, oh, it's, well, it was Wayfair. They, they sell like furniture. Yeah, and, it was because, and like, the, the furniture called- has kid names and people even claim to have seen fucking like kids in the background of like they sell a tent and somebody's like there's a face behind that like screen of the tent you can see it it's a kid's face and it's like and like a big argument was that like oh like this this closet can't possibly cost like twelve thousand dollars like that's yeah it's gotta be it's gotta be a child yeah they're selling kids (laughs) yeah Yeah. no that's a serious thing it's called julie and it's twelve thousand dollars yeah you know they're selling a little girl named julie like that was a legitimate thing people believed it was fucking nuts. I'm like, there's no way that a fucking company is operating on, like, Google yeah, they to also sell got a, children. They also got a pizza place raided that I'm pretty sure some dude got killed in, like, the raid because they thought it was, like, an underground, like, child-like prostitution ring underneath the pizza shop. But yeah. Surprise, it's just a basement. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Sorry for the dude who got hurt. Yeah, no, I feel bad for him, but damn, like, people, some of that shit that they just believe. Oh, and it's like, the my pillow guy's gonna be the next Trump guy. Yeah. Like, like literally, like, he's, he's shooting for president after Trump, for sure. And he's, all he does is make this shitty pillow. <laughs> I just love, um... <laughs> he does make this shitty pillow. I just love <laughs> the fact that so many people can look at all the other planets and be like, nope, this one's flat. This one, specifically. All the other ones. Apparently, they're all fake. Yeah, there is no... I guess there, there is, are the, no, other there is no flat Saturn. What are you talking about? The Earth's flat, and Jormungandr's wrapped around the world, holding the ocean in, Seth. I can believe that one. <laughs> but how the fuck do you explain that everything up there is fake, too? That's something, seriously, people believe, is that all of space is, like, apparently a big fucking television screen. That it's none of it's real, and it, like you can look up, you see that star. That star's not real. So, so did God put it? There? I don't fucking it, know. So like, like, well, it's not there. There anymore. has to be two versions of this. Where like God put it there, or the government put it there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? That's what, what I mean. Like fucking our ancient ancestors didn't have TV screens that wrap around the world. Uh, so what the fuck did the, the government put it up there? <laughs> 1975 is when the sky was installed. <laughs> like what? It doesn't. It just doesn't click to me. It just doesn't click. I don't get it. Huh? What do you do? I, at this point, I try especially, to understand. I really especially do. after the day I had at work, I'm just gonna let motherfuckers believe what they want. Anyway. I mean, I'm, I just, I'm not saying they can't believe it. I'm just saying I don't get it. People are. Uh, saying you shouldn't hold government office. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know what? I could believe. Yeah. No. People, yeah. People are going to hear and uh, the, believe the what they want. you say that, you know, Jewish space lasers started the California wildfires, you probably shouldn't be in a government office anymore. Hey. Just to think that we have fucking solar panels floating in the sky that we can beam energy down to the earth with is just fucking wacky. Like. In the future, that could totally don't happen. Don't we kind of do right that, now, though? Well, not, no, we're not fucking shooting or. Sure, we send like radio we're shooting radio waves back and forth. Yeah, but we're not, we're not shooting pure actual, energy yeah. that can start a fucking fire. We're not lightning bolts down to the earth. <laughs> we don't have a giant magnifying glass in the sky that makes us look like the ants. Okay? I know. I'm just being a dick. I know. That'd be something to picture, though. 
super weapon. Just launch a big ass magnifying glass into the atmosphere, and then just have it point to wherever you want it to, you know, destroy. Sounds awful. Problem is, you couldn't turn it off. <laughs> that part. It just reminds me of the. No, but if it's in perpetual orbit, it could always be in the sun. Just the, a big streak of destruction around. Yeah, the that's what I mean. It's just a fucking belt. Give the Earth a goddamn belt. The somewhere. laser reminds me of uh, Austin Powers when Doctor, the one where Doctor Evil is like. Like I'm gonna show you the destructive power of my laser, and like he just like brings up the uh, he brings up this click of the White House getting blown up, and like the the government and then the White House officials, everyone, the president gets uh, like oh hit the deck, hit the deck, and he's like actually that was just a clip from the movie Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> I got a whole bag of tss right here for you. <laughs> what about? <tss? laughs> Classics. Yeah, those are good movies. I haven't seen those in forever. Yeah. Michael Myers just kind of like... Kind of left. It's sexy, baby. <laughs> so, uh, this next Do one... Do I make you horny, baby? <laughs> Do I make you randy? Do I make you randy, baby? <laughs> oh, those fucking, like, bimbo bots that have, like... It's their machine gun tits and they yeah, turn around. The fembots. Yeah, fembots. That's it. <laughs> He ends up marrying one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this next story, though, is kind of short, but I figured we had to talk about it. So a man was arrested for a bomb threat over lack of McDonald's dipping sauce. Nice. Oh, my God. Why? So an Iowa man was arrested after police say he threatened to blow up a McDonald's business because the restaurant didn't include dipping sauce for his chicken nuggets. Sergeant Shudden with the Arkany Police Department said that 42-year-old Robert Golwitzer called the McDonald's around 5.20 p.m. after discovering his order was incorrect. In the call, uh, he originally threatened to blow up the restaurant and punch an employee. And punch an employee. I like how we went from, like, a, like a 10 threat to, like, a 3. Just <laughs> blow in the same threat. Yeah, like, <laughs> and fuck you in particular. <laughs> You're getting blown up and punched. I'm gonna find your mangled corpse, I'm gonna punch it. Yeah, like... Just like from like the fucking thread at the top of the chain to the thread at like the bottom that everybody throws, like, and then like they filed a criminal complaint with it, and the police reached, like, called him, and then he just admitted over the phone that like he was like, yeah, I did that. <laughs> he just was like, yeah, yeah, I did it. Fair enough. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to. How? Uh, what kind of a penalty does that cover? I think he said he got like a class D felony or something. Is that time, or is that, like, just a fine? It's probably probation. Well, if he got a felony, he can't vote anymore, right? Yeah. So, he also can't own guns. You you can, like, eventually get it, like, once you get off probation, and, like, there's, like, a certain waiting period, you can, get like, get it expunged. Like, it's oh, okay. So, it's like, a long time. Yeah, it, is, it takes a long-ass time, but, like, eventually you can get that shit back, but still, like... Depends I, on, it also depends on what you did. Yeah, yeah. if you've done, like, if you did, like, little shit like that. Yeah. Are you? Or I imagine the fucking probation hearing, and they're like, "Are you ever going to threaten to blow up another restaurant again?" And <laughs> I'm sure we will. Yeah. I'll never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! What the hell, people? So a man set fire to his house by cooking steak in a toaster, and then he got upset at the insurance payout he got for it. What? In what world? At least he got one. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I'm surprised the insurance paid out. But in what world do you think cooking a steak 
a whole ass steak in a toaster. Now, if Wyatt were here, I'd ask him if he put the whole cow in the toaster, because according to Wyatt, a whole cow is a steak. But I mean, yeah, it could be. No. You just ram her up in the middle of it and roast her up. You got a steak. That's not That's not how that works. <laughs> well, I mean, you could do that. No, the skull is not a steak. It's decidedly not a steak. No, but it's a part of the steak. There can be bones in a steak. Look yeah, at T-Bone. The whole cow is not a steak, Mike. We're it not could, having this yeah, argument. I'm saying it could You're not Maze and I'm not Wyatt. We're not doing this. <laughs> so a man who's attempted to cook his steak in a toaster sparked a fire that destroyed his house, and he was upset to find that the insurance policy did not pay as much as he wanted it to. Uh, the case was dealt with the insurance by the insurance and financial service ombudsman. What? And they, they, they sound shisty to me. Just saying. With a name like insurance and financial services ombudsman. What does that? Is that like a last name? I'm assuming name? it's a name, last name, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the man decided to prepare a meal of steak and chips, but he opted to cook the steak in a toaster rather than the frying pan. And then while it was toasting, he left the house to go to the local fish and chip shop for chips. He had a frying pan. It's not even like the toaster was the only option. God damn it. Well, I like how you put it in the toaster and he's like, I'll be back. I got to run to the stores for French fries. That too. <laughs> so the fire severely damaged the home that he shared with his partner. And the insurance company paid $418,000 for the damage. The That's ma- a lot. It was the maximum that could be paid under the couple's policy. So the insurance not only covered his stupid ass mistake, they paid the maximum amount. Yep. That's you can't complain about that. That's in your contract. Well, the couple felt it was insufficient to replace the house, and they contacted IFSO, saying the insurance should pay another two hundred thousand dollars. They said it had been made clear to them that the policy had changed from replacement cover to total sum insured. Uh, the scheme did not uphold their complaint, like referring to the company. Yeah. Saying that the insurer had paid the maximum entitlement and the pair had been adequately informed of the change to their policy. So basically, like, the insurance company will go like, hey, would you like to have total sum insured? Or would you like to stay with your replacement coverage? And basically, the total sum insured, is like, it's cheaper. So you pay, like, a cheaper penalty. But you'd only get basically the value for what you paid for the house, not the value to rebuild the house. Ah, so it just kind of, it's kind of like saying we'll cover the cost of materials but not labor. Oh, kind of. Kind and, of. And it's like this is what your house was evaluated at when you bought it or like what you paid for it basically and that's what you're insuring it at this amount for. Oh, okay. So if your home value went up, you'd be screwed. But if you went down, you could get a nice little payout. Well, I mean, yes, but it still wouldn't, probably wouldn't be enough to cost to actually rebuild the building if it completely burned yeah. down. Oh, I'm impressed that it burnt the whole way down. Normally, fire companies. I'm assuming that's what happened. It didn't really. It almost has to have. If 418k didn't cover the entire thing, yeah. Either they're living in a fucking really well-off neighborhood, or they the entire fucking house is gone. I'd imagine. I could be wrong, but I can't imagine too many houses costing more than four. I mean, if they're claiming another 200k. Can't imagine too many houses cost six hundred and eighteen k to just know. like repair from fire. It's it's got to be like a new house. And I would assume this is pounds. Oh yeah, that's right. Because it's not in. Yeah, it didn't give a specific like location when I was reading the article, but I mean, they talked about going out for fish and chips, so I'm assuming it's in Britain. Yeah, I'd imagine that's normally more of a a British thing. Um. Okay. Well. I don't know. Is a pound more or less than a dollar? No, last I looked, a pound is more than a dollar, and I believe it's like a dollar fifty to a dollar for one pound. 
No, I think like or one fifty pounds a, makes a, a one, one pound dollar. is a dollar fifty. Okay, so yeah, so the pound is stronger than yeah. the dollar. Yeah. Oh, so that would be even more in America mm-hmm. than but if if it was like a buck fifty, it'd be almost fifty percent more. That'd I be guess, like a million dollar home. What they're claiming? I don't know what. Uh, Damn, son. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what Brexit did to the pound, but yeah, I, I honestly haven't kept up with it. But uh, yeah, the last I remembered, the pound was stronger than the dollar. But yeah, um, I I see lots of complaints on Reddit about Brexit. I mean, they voted for it. There were there were a lot of people saying exactly what was going to happen, and I mean, guess it's what? The same thing. It happened. Same thing that happened here. Their conservative party kind of was like pulled the wool over everyone's eyes. There's like all these immigrants are coming in here, taking your jobs, rising the prices up. And like, oh, okay, we'll get out of the European Union. We won't deal with the rest of Europe anymore. Oh, surprise, surprise! Now you have to actually pay like taxes, taxes and, and imports yeah, and tariffs. You got to make new relationship with all these new countries when you just got out. Like there was a club that everyone was in, and you're just like, "No, nah, I'm good. I'm gonna go do it on my own." And you're like, "Hey guys, I still need like all that shit you're sending me." Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was hilarious. It was like, what do you think was gonna happen when you voted for that? Like, it people made it pretty obvious of what was gonna happen. People like there were British people who were living in Spain, like in like vacation homes and stuff that they just had, and they were living there. They were surprised when they're getting kicked out and they're having to go back to England. Because, well, yeah, they need a fucking passport now. Yeah, yeah, because you can't just be a citizen of the EU and pretty much go anywhere in the EU now that you're not part of the EU anymore. Yeah, it's all yeah. You had it's some nice perks. Oh well, I wonder if they would be allowed to rejoin if they wanted to. I'm sure. I, I'd imagine the I mean, EU. probably had a heavy, like, they'd probably have to make a lot of concessions. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm sure they'd have to give quite a bit up. But I wonder if the EU would let them back in. I mean, they don't have to. They're under no obligation. <laughs> they'd let them back in. I'd imagine they would. I don't know. I guess it depends on what Britain brought to the table. They will. I don't, I don't know. I don't think they'd be coming in as, like, as much of a place of power. Yeah. Like, sure, they, like, they're still, like, they're still obviously, like, a top country. Like, absolutely. But. They would. They definitely would let them back in. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's, I, mean, I agree. I think they would. I think they'd have to make some concessions, though. Yeah. I wonder if they will go back in. I wonder if they'll ask. Just depends on how long. Yeah. We'll see. I guess we'll find out in the future. That's a problem for future Seth to worry about or laugh about, depending on how it goes down. Or both. Yeah, we're both. Yeah, what if they're just like, fuck it, we're going with China. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a problem for future Seth to worry about. That's when you know. Yeah, that's when you know it's good when you're just laughing and worrying at the same time. Uh huh. It's one of those panics, like, <laughs> and then it just kind of turns into quiet sobs. <laughs> yeah, those are great. So you guys want to move on to our main topic for today? Ooh, Sounds good. The Battle of Athens. Yep. Tennessee. 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 <laughs> <laughs> like, like, just enough of a space. The Battle of Athens. Tennessee. Tennessee. <laughs> it's like adding a trademark at the end of your your slogan or something. When I first started like looking in this, I always thought I thought it was Georgia because you hear about Athens, Georgia, like a yeah, lot more do. than Tennessee. And I was like, I was like, a couple paragraphs in, I'm like, oh wait, how many talking about fuck, Tennessee? <laughs> how many fucking people? Like, how many states fucking thought it was beautiful just to rip off Athens' name? Why not? I mean, it's a nice Greek. Like, it's a you yeah. Know, they've got a story. The only one anyone can remember we the fucking have name one. Of. We don't need to. 
Oh, talk about all, there's Memphises everywhere, my guy. Yeah, there are. I know. Why? Why do we need so many Memphises? They started in Egypt and they just went everywhere. <laughs> they started in Egypt. Why and do they we need so many? They bred like we the plague. Don't. Yeah, that's. Funny. I just. Well, I mean, I guess honestly, like a lot of places like that in America leave back to like the. Uh, it's like like the. It's like York and New York and stuff like no, that. You good? I can't. Why can't I no. think of what it's called? Oh, the Freemasons and like stuff like that. That's like a, like because a lot of those had like hands in like the founding of cities. A lot of them were like yeah. just politically powerful people, and then like just like the kind of things they talked about and believed in, like it within the Mason society, those just transferred eventually into some town names and stuff like that. I just think it's hilarious that there are so many repeats. Like I get it. Like especially with like settlers and stuff, you want to kind of have like a reminder of your old home, so you just New York, New <laughs> Amsterdam, you know, shit like that. No, fuck that old place. Yeah, I don't know. I I I feel like I'd want to do something not like old, you know. I don't know. Be fresh. No, nobody's ever gonna ask me to name a town, so I, I don't you need. Go find your, you can go find a town somewhere, Seth. I will try, Mike. I will try. Wurtberg. See? Well, no, that's too close to Wurttemberg. Who cares? I care. I want it to be new, Sorry, Brad. Wurtopolis. That sounds better. Wurtopolis. That sounds better. (laughs) Wurtfis? Like Memphis? Yes. We can rip off Memphis. (laughs) Except it's so new. It's so not the same that it's new. It matters. It counts. Spell it with an F. No, pH. Whatever. It makes up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> How would you pronounce a word that's that starts with P H T H? What the? There's a fucking chemical that starts like that. I see it on the boxes. Yeah. Like it works. It's, not, it's like that, so you're not meant to say it. Yeah, well, it, it says it specifically says that that chemical is not in the box. So apparently it's a bad chemical, but I, I'm like, how the fuck do you even pronounce this? It's a PH followed by a TH. Like, both of those make fucking F I mean, sounds, basically. It's better than an SH after a CH. I have four E except after C, except not really. Yeah, except for most of the time, yeah. that's not except necessarily Except for with, like, thing. every fucking word in a dictionary. Except for when you're being graded on it, and then it's well, probably going to be that, opposite. We need to do that on an episode. We need to figure out where that stupid phrase came from. I mean, it does hold true in a lot of t- a lot of things. But it doesn't hold true in a lot. It, it's because English is three fucking languages in a trench coat on each other's shoulders. Okay. Okay. So not every and every rule is going to apply. I'm sorry. Yeah. Listen, you just need to go listen to Word Al or Weird Al's word crimes, and it'll tell you all the things you need to know about the English language. Yeah, I'm awful at the English language. I was put in the slow class in like eleventh grade. What? Yeah, I was put in the slow reading class in 11th grade. He's not wrong. Because I'm bad at English. I'm a great reader, but I can't, like, I can't spell with I just, shit. I can't I can write, like, I can, like, write and stuff like that, but I can't, like, spell. So they put me in the fucking, like, slow kid English yeah. class. It irks me that... Do you think you might just be dyslexic? I think I am a little bit, because I do, like, catch myself doing that a lot. Yeah. Oh, I bet you that's the 911 system coming back. The purge has now started. Wait, it has been resolved. Wait, guys, oh, I didn't get a notification. My 911's still gone. 
<laughs> Quick, call it. Make sure. <laughs> yeah. hey, I got a message. I was just making sure there's one. Yeah, they're just blowing <laughs> up the comms. And just fucking calling up. Hey, my friends got the message saying this is working, but I didn't. So is it I not working on my I, phone? Yeah, can you hear me? Is my 911 working? <laughs> fucking... Dude, I guarantee, dude, I, I, there's probably so There's many going to be are, people that yeah, do that. Yeah. There's going to be. Definitely. But no, it, it irks me that even though there are studies saying to the contrary, there are plenty of studies saying that spelling is not linked to intelligence. That just because you can't spell, they will, people, yeah. first off, look down on you. Yeah. And second off, you get put in like the slow English class. Like, Mike has no problem reading. He can comprehend shit. But. Mike's one of the smartest guys I know. Yeah, but. I never even knew that about him until you just said that. I, I, I never can't. really knew that you. To be like, fair, I'm a lot of the same of I got put in low level English classes literally because I can't grammar and I can't spell. That's it. I read well. I write well. My sentences might not have, like, the best <clears throat> punctuation, but they they get the point across. They're structured well. I can write a dang good essay yeah. and then have Kristen proofread it and fucking put all the commas and shit in, and then it's yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, I had Mrs. Luthold and Vinny was, like, the co-teacher. Yo, uh, the Vinster. Dude, every, I don't know what the fuck he did, but every day he came in, his nipples rock. They were. <laughs> <laughs> they were. What the, the fuck? Vin- yeah, the Vinster had the nipples. I remember every day, I, I would joke about it, I'd like lean over to my buddy Hayes and I'd be like, yo man, you got some pokies. <laughs> yeah. Every day he'd come in, his nipples were rock fucking hard. Dude, what the and fuck? And he always wears like those tight ass like athletic shirts, you well, know? Well yeah, so, he was a football coach. Yeah, which I, I don't know how, but okay. Would, have Dude, you seen state, our football coach? He won a state championship. Well, that's yeah. cool. When he was in high school, they won a state fucking championship. Yeah, he was, uh, was he a linebacker? No, he's a lineman. That, uh, that's, yeah. He was All the right. lineman coach. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's, was, he's, my, he's my football coach. Yeah, he's he he's played for a long time, and he's been coach for a long time. But, yeah, no, Mike's not wrong. He so wear those weird. tight athletic shirts, and his nipples do not go well with every, those shirts. Let's day. just say that. He lives around here. Does so he? Him and his wife walk his, walk his dog. Like uh, I bet his nipples are still fucking rigid to this day. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's like the uh, Viagra, except with nipples. If your nipples are still hard after four hours of consumption, please consult your doctor. Yeah, he needs to go to the doctor. Yeah, it's been like four years. You call your doctor. <laughs> yeah. hey, I've had these for four years. Is this normal? I remember Sir, when he, the, the the commercials say four hours, not four years. <laughs> I remember one time at football practice. There's this one kid who who was new. Like he came from, I think he came from Colorado. And yeah. that's, what, that's just what we called him was Colorado. And we were doing like wheelbarrows. And it was like a day like today where it was like crazy hot out. But that uh, that new stadium was put up there, so it was like brand new fucking yeah. turf and shit like that. So like <laughs> Vinny and like all these, they're like pushing this kid to like keep going further with the wheelbarrows. Tell me, and stuff. he's like falling out. No, no, it's even worse. He like he's like falling. He's like. You can tell he's like struggling and stuff, and like teams like they're like, come on, man, you got it, just finish it, just finish it. He just keeps going, he just keeps going. He falls, like, come on, fucking push him, push him. He finally gets to the fucking finish line, fucking flops down. We're just like, yeah, fucking freaking out. Then he's like, yeah, freaking out. He fucking <laughs> blood. He opens up his hands and his fucking hands, literally like the like I don't know Skin's how many yeah, the, like literally his whole palms uh... on both of his hands have like peeled back. And you can see, it's just like, you can tell, like, it had to have hurt so fucking bad. Like, 
his whole fucking palms were just peeled back, and then everybody was like, oh, no, man, you should, you should not have kept going. He's like, you guys kept telling me to go. And he was just like, yeah. It was the funniest. Oh, I just remember no. Vinny was just like, oh, no. Goes <laughs> from oh, yeah, to oh, no. Oh, I just remember he was a lineman, and it was just, I mean, everybody was pushing the kid, and Vinny just happened to be the coach that was, like, close up. He's like, oh, no, like, holy shit, you need to go to the fucking nurse. You like, are, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you get to the fucking nurse, man. It wasn't like it was bleeding, but it was and just, like, I just like, dude, palms. I'm telling you, his whole palms. Like, the skin on both of his palms, yeah. the whole way across was just back to, like, here. And you could just see, like, that fucking, like, that red, brand new fucking skin that well, you yeah, know, stings with every fucking His dermis and his and epidermis just, probably separated. And he just has that fucking... All those beads from the turf, like yeah, in his yeah. butt, like stuck to his hands. I was like, "Oh my god, dude!" To this day, it still freaks me the fuck out. Yeah, well, no, his, his dermis and epidermis probably separated, and that just fucking fucked up. Yeah. One time in chemistry class, I was like, oh, "There's like something on my tongue," and like I like issue with my tooth, and then like just a whole fucking layer of skin on my tongue just peeled off. And I just like spat this ball of wet skin into my oh, hand. Oh no! And I was just like, "What do I do with this?" Wow! That is the f- if that oh. ever happened to me, I would immediately throw up. Oh no! I almost just well, threw I was, up. I was just sitting in class, like looking at the like border, like I just got a ball of wet skin in my hand. I'm like, "What do I do? <laughs> what do I do with this?" What is that, Mike? Oh, it's my tongue. So <laughs> <laughs> I just like just got up and just like went to the trash can. What's thrown out, Mike? My tongue. <laughs> What the fuck? I don't. I don't know what the like. You ever looked it. into that? I don't know what caused it. it. Never happened again. Like it was just literally. Just how thick was it? And how big? Like how big was this fucking wad of? It's probably like like quarter size, but like a ball. Like a sphere of yeah, quarter. Yeah. Okay, so it's like like, okay. like the size of a quarter, but like a ball. Damn, that's a lot. Yeah, but I was thinking it was. I don't know. That's a lot. Okay, yeah, you're right. You take a quarter, you measure its width, and then you stand it up. And take that same and then make a fucking circle, so basically dude. <laughs> yeah, that's a fucking lot. Yeah, that's a lot. If the circle was full, that's a lot of tongue. For anyone listening, I'm using an Aquafina bottle cap. So if you can see an Aquafina bottle cap, just picture that as a tongue, and then throw it and away. Just a wet ball of skin in my. Head. Oh my god, bro! <laughs> Did it hurt? No. It, it just peeled off like it just all came off at once like I didn't even, like you're the fucking draconian motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. dude's over here fucking molting you're fucking peeling your fucking shedding your skin and shit like yeah. what dude's over here fucking molting calling me a draconian <laughs> oh my god bro dude that is oh I, my god I love how about 10-20 minutes ago you're like okay let's get to the actual topic and then tangent happened. I'll see how long it really was. We literally went on a tangent specifically based on the title. The title. We didn't even get to the first fucking sentence. That usually happens. It does, but normally we get to the first paragraph. Yeah, like, in there somewhere. We we literally made it to the Battle of Athens. Listen, every fucking one can't Tennessee. be Tennessee. Everyone can't be the same. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is free. You get what you get. Yeah. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> this is free. You get what you get. We could be happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> we podcast at home. Yeah. 
Uh, all right. So for uh, a little background, in McMinn County, Tennessee, in the early 1940s, the question was not if you farmed, but where you farmed. Athens, the county seat, lay between Knoxville and Chattanooga along the U.S. Highway 11, which wound its way through eastern Tennessee. This is the meeting place for a farm. This is where the meeting place for the farmers from all the surrounding communities, traveling along narrow roads planted with signs urging them to to quote see Rock City and get right with God. They would gather. <laughs> they would gather on Saturdays beneath the courthouse elms to discuss politics and crops. There were barely seven thousand people in Athens, and many of its streets were still unpaved. The two big cities were some fifty miles away and yet had not yet begun their inevitable expansion. And the farmers' lives were simple and essentially unaffected by what they would have called the modern world. Many of them were without electricity. The land, their families, religion, politics, and the war dominated their talking thoughts. Oh, so this is just like old Athens. No technology. All right. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Got it. They got cars. So when did the Spartans come in? <laughs> oh, the Spartans had come back from war. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> History really does repeat itself, doesn't it? <laughs> They learned about God from the family Bible and in tiny chapters along yellow dusty roads. The newspaper, Amer- the Daily Post-Athenian, told them something of politics and war, but since it chose to avoid intrigue or scandal, a story that smacked of both could not could be only found in the conversations of the folks who milled about the courthouse lawns on Saturdays. Since the Civil War, political matters, political offices in McKinnon County had gone to the Republicans. By the 1930s, Tennessee began to fall under the control of the Democratic bosses. To the west, in Shelby County... E.H. Crump, the Memphis mayor who had been ousted during his term for failing to enforce prohibition, fathered that would become the state's most powerful political machine. Crump eventually controlled most of Tennessee along with the governor's office and a United States senator. In eastern Tennessee, local and regional machines developed, which, lacking the sophistication and power of a Crump, relied on intimidation and violence to control the constituents. In 1936, the system descended upon McMinn County, in the form of Paul Cantrell, the Democratic candidate for sheriff. Cantrell, who came from a family of money and influence in nearby Etowah, tied his campaign closely to the population of the of, to the popularity of the Roosevelt administration and rode FDR's coattails to victory over his Republican opponent. Fraud was suspected. To this day, many Ath- many Athens citizens firmly <laughs> believed that Bell- <laughs> Just see Athens, I go straight to Athenian. I mean, that's a valid point, but don't go asking people over in Greece if they think that the election was rigged, okay? They, they probably will look at you really weird. They formed up, like a bunch of hoplites formed up into a phalanx. Fuck yeah. <laughs> but to this day, many Athens citizens firmly believe the ballot boxes were swapped, but there was no proof. Over the following months and years, however, those who questioned the election would see their suspicions vindicated. The laws of Tennessee provided an opportunity for the unscrupulous to prosper. The sheriff and his deputies received a fee for every person they booked, incarcerated, and released. The more human transactions, the more money they got. A voucher signed by the sheriff was all it was needed to collect the money from the courthouse. So you literally just get a slip from the sheriff and you just go to the courthouse like, where's my money? I want my money. I turned that, I, I arrested that man. <laughs> yeah. Deputies routinely uh, boarded buses passing through and dragged sleepy-eyed passengers to jail to pay their $16.50 fine for drunkenness, whether they were guilty or not. Arrests ran as high as 115 per weekend. Push what? Yeah. In a town of less than 7,000? That's yep. a lot! Uh, the fee system was profitable, a record-keeping was acquired, and the money could be traced. 
It was less troublesome to collect kickbacks for allowing roadhouses to op- to operate openly. Cooperative owners would point out influential pa- patrons. They were not bothered, but the rest were subject to shakedowns. Prostitution, liquor, and gambling grew so prevalent that it became n- common knowledge in Tennessee that Athens was, quote, wide open. Oh. And between 1936 and 1946, these fees amounted to almost $300,000. So in ten years they made three hundred thousand dollars, which in today's money would be worth between four and five, four, five, four and five and a half million. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a lot of money for back then in the forties. And that's just fucking from cops, like just literally just picking people up for anything with no like no evidence or nothing. Like if you're just like fucking taking a nap on a bus, up oh, you're drunk, come with us. You're yep. under arrest. Up oh, you jaywalked, come with us. You're under arrest. You're going one mile of the speed limit. Up here's your ticket. Yep. Someone said something to me yesterday about jaywalking. Like, yo, I was gonna, I was gonna come to you. Like, I was gonna come over and see you earlier, but where we saw each other, I'd had to jaywalk, and I was like, oh, I'll just wait and walk down the street. And I was just like, what? <laughs> I like, dude, if I if a cop ever looked at me and was just like, dude, you're jaywalking, I've been like, what? Yeah, well, like, what the what? fuck are you talking about? This is Lock Haven. Yeah, I didn't want these roads here. Someone can't put these roads here. I just never in my fucking life. I've never, ever. I've never heard of or seen a cop stop somebody or write them a ticket for jaywalking. Yeah, like, bro. It's the way, like I understand in big cities. I completely understand. But like where we're from, I was just like, yeah, I couldn't. The thing is, in big I, cities, people just walk out in front of the cars anyways. I couldn't I've fathom that someone that. was worried about getting stop for jaywalking where we live i've been to boston three times new york city like i people just fucking walk across the street yeah. no matter what i think it's i think the only time you get i think the only time you really get it is if like an accident happened and yeah, they can probably. prove that you were yeah probably that's a valid well, point it's an excuse to like stop people and then from there they can go into other things yeah like I mean, yeah, and what you're talking about. I'm saying like around, uh, like here, like, yeah, uh, like, specifically like, around here. I've never or, like heard small, of it. or even in like what he was talking about, like some big cities. Like you don't like see pe- like cops pulling people over, but it's just like yo, they got cameras everywhere. You fucking run out, you get hit by a car, and you're trying to make this bitch pay for shit, but you was fucking sixteen feet out of the crosswalk. Yeah. So encouraged by his initial success. Cantrell began what would become a 10-year reign as the king of McMillan, uh, McMinn politics. <laughs> the king? Yeah, pretty much. Damn. All hail the king, baby. In subsequent elections, ballot boxes were collected from the precincts and the results tabulated in secret at McMinn County Jail in Athens. Opposi- opposition pool watches were labeled as troublemakers and ejected from precinct houses. Damn. <laughs> yeah, so they literally, like, the cops would literally show up put the ballot box into the back of a cop car, drive into the jail where the sheriff would count it and be like, yep, this is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I won. Well, would, you, would you look at that? I got the most votes again. <laughs> and not a single vote for anyone else. How weird. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody loves me. The 1940 election sent George Woods, a crony of Cantrell, to the state legislator. Woods promptly introduced an act to redistrict McMinn County. It reduced the number of voting precincts from 23 to 12 and cut down the number of justices of the peace from 14 to 7. And of these seven, four were openly Cantrell men. And, like, this kind of shit is the same thing that's going on today. Like, in Texas, like, they're restricting, like, voting places and things like that, making it harder for people to get a vote, restricting times for people to be able to go to vote. Yeah. Happening all over the country right now. Like, there's even, like, been some laws in here in Pennsylvania. But hopefully they have. I, I don't, they're not making much traction in the house. I don't get why the fuck we don't do... 
you know, for the as the birthplace of democracy. I don't get why we literally don't do what like so many other fucking countries do and just make voting day, election day, a goddamn national holiday for two days. Everybody get and make it. Everybody gets off work. You can go vote. That's Be- what are you talking? Yeah, what are you talking about? That's not good for business, buddy. Well, no, 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 that's it's not good, good for, for the democracy. Yeah, it's, it's but, good for the people. But that's it's not, not good. good. For the people in charge. Of yeah, the people. it's not it doesn't good. Matter. We're the and that's the bad for business, place. buddy. Exactly. Fuck that. That's bad for business. Yeah, which just means it's pro. It's I'm pro for it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Fuck the businesses. They they goddamn hire people on fucking drops in the bucket. Well, I mean, it's not even that. Like a lot. Of isn't small- that fucking? Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny that that gets brought up today, Mike? Yeah. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, a lot of politicians run unopposed, especially, like, in small local county ones and yeah. stuff. Or, like, corruption should just go unopposed for years and years and years. Yeah, ours. Are we, there's a dude that's, like, kind of, like, close to us that we know that, like, he uh, ran for city council, didn't fucking get it. The dude who did get it, like, had to back out, drop out, some blah, blah, blah. And then, like basically like for the last couple of weeks he was like the only one who like actively did anything so there's like here damn here you go now he's on our city council nice unfortunately <laughs> uh, so when governor prentice cooper signed woods bill into law on february 15th of 1941 effective republican opposition died in McMinn county McMinn County Court, which was still dominated by Republicans, directed the county to purchase voting machines. The Cantrell, uh, the Cantrell Democrats countered by having Woods get a bill passed in Nashville, abolishing the court, and then selling the machines to, quote, save the county money. So the, the, the people were trying to... I like to- how they, they were like, the court's like, hey, you need to do this. And the, the bill makers are like... You're not an entity anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, the, the, sh- the sheriff was like, mm, I'm going to have my buddies up top take a look at this. Yeah. Just fucking. Yep. And everybody's fired. And okay. Moving on. Yep. Oh, and now we're going to sell these machines because the, the, the county needs the money. The nice part is Department of Justice records show investigations of electoral fraud in McMinn County in 1940, 1942, and 1944, all without resolutions. Huh. So, like, they looked into it and there was like, Eh, we can't be bothered. Yeah, pretty much. So, during the Civil War, so, like, going back a couple, like, well, this was 1940, so almost 80 years. Oh, so that was another thing I thought was interesting. Like, this happened after the Civil War, almost exactly, like, the same timeline that we've been away from World War II. Which, uh, I mean, I just thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, So, during the Civil War, deep from within secessionist territory, McMinn County had sided with the Union. And in 1898, she had declared war on Spain two weeks before Washington got around to do it. <laughs> so this county. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine? We ain't waiting being, for him, boy. Could you imagine being like Spain or like any country? And a dude and from just, Tennessee shows yeah. up and is like, we're at war now. Yeah. <laughs> not, not even like, not even like a state. No. Like a fucking county in a state you're at war with this specific area of land that is owned by this state that is owned <laughs> by this country we are at war not the country you uh, like yeah. like like and like uh, can you imagine them like say, like going to spain and like going up to like the king of spain and like an audience and being like we're at war yeah <laughs> like what 
Damn, Tennessee so, out here. So not only did they join, like, not succeed and kept stayed with the Union, they also declared war in Spain before Washington. <laughs> Damn, you know what? They got it right. And many wonder how could Cantrell have such undisputed control over a county noted for its independent and cantankerous spirit. But answers lie in the Second World War where 3,526 young men, or about 10% of the, of the whole county's population, oh, shit. went off to fight. With those left behind, older and perhaps more timid, continued to the, contributed to the Cantrell's machine growth by remaining silent. Still, as the war dragged on, people began to tell each other, when until the GIs get back, things will be different. And in the summer of 1945, veterans began returning home. And by 1946, the streets of Athens overflowed with uniforms. Cantrell's forces were not worried, though. Yeah, that happens. Remove all the young people from the political pool. It'll change. So, uh, the GIs return. Bill White, Bill White recalled coming home from overseas with mustering out pay in his pocket. There were several beer joints and honky-tonks around Athens. Honky-tonks. <laughs> Tennessee. Yeah. You get a good old honky-tonk around Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, we were pretty wild. We started having trouble with the law enforcement at that time because they started making a habit of picking up GIs and finding them heavily for most anything. They're kind of making a racket out of it. Why? Because they get paid for it. Yeah, and like they're, they've already been doing well, this. Why for- specifically GIs? It probably wasn't specifically them. Because they've been but- doing this for ten fucking years, and they got their big dick swinging where everyone was at war, and they're like, you know what, fuck them. We're yeah. going to keep doing it. Well, well it also it. might not have been specifically GIs, but GIs talk to other GIs. You know, kind of keep it within the group, and then you hear about it. But because you don't talk to, like, everybody, it could seem like it's more you, too. Mm-hmm. It could be a perception kind of thing. I'm sure the cops were doing it to everybody. Fucking, they within ten years they gave out five point whatever million. It just seems weird that money. like cops are pulling over GIs. And it's like on some Vietnam shit. Like, what were they so like? weren't weren't they happy that we that we beat the Nazis? Well, but the thing is, oh, like especially back then, a lot of these people that didn't go to the war, like there was friction. But like the two didn't like each other because like we went off. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot back then that it wasn't like a thing. It's like Piggy Blinders. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I shake the hand of a man who wouldn't even fight for his country? <laughs> they fucking hated that shit. Yeah. After long, hard years of service, most of us were hardcore veterans of World War II. We were used to drinking our liquor and our beer without being molested. When these things happened, the GIs got madder. The more GIs they arrested, the more they beat up, the madder we got. Fair enough. And at last, the veterans chose to, do, to use the most basic right of democracy for which they had gone to war, the right to vote. In the early months of 1946, they decided in a secret meetings to field a slate of their own candidates for their August elections. And in May, they formed a non- non-partisan political party. So that just means, like, people from both sides, like both Republicans yeah. and Democrats. Yeah. That's, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah cool. that would be nice. Well, I mean, it was the GI party. Like, there was actually a lot of movements like that going around, like, at that time. Uh, the veterans field... Oh, wait. Yeah, the veterans field candidates for five offices... But interest centered on the race for sheriff between Knox Henry, who had served in the North African campaign, and Paul Cantrell, the already existing sheriff. Dickbag. Did yeah. you just say North African campaign? Yeah. Mm. Of World War Two. Okay. Yeah. Uh, since the 1936 election, Cantrell had gone to the legislature as state senator and installed Pat Mansfield as sheriff of McMinn County, a big, jovial, sometimes engineer. Mansfield had done very nicely for himself during his term of office. His four years as sheriff had netted him an estimated one hundred and four thousand dollars. Damn, is that much! Mo- like the, that money, so probably like two million now, like roughly. 
Yeah, if, if 300 was about 5.5. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but now, in 1946, Cantrell was running for sheriff and Mansfield for state senator. It's basically just, like, they flip-flopped. Like, one, like, because you can only be senator for so long, and you can only be, like, the governor for so long. So then, then he's like, hey, I've been grooming you since you, I put you in place as the sheriff. Now I'm going to raise you up to these heights. Now I'm just going to go back to being the sheriff just to keep getting some money coming in. And then he's going to, like, you know, the plan was for him to, like, last another 10 years doing all that stuff. Whether he's still basically in control because he's in control of this guy. Yeah. Uh, in the final week, a flurry of advertisements appeared in the post-Athenian. Cantrell enumerated the accomplishments of the Democratic Party. Mansfield denied that two men arrested on July 30th with a shipment of liquor with deputies, even though they had admitted that they were and had been delivering, quote, election whiskey. Nice. Downtown merchants announced that all stores would be closed on election day to give employees a chance to vote. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, they're going to happen. Although this had not been necessary in previous elections, the merchants were perhaps following the example of the mayor of Athens, Paul Walker, who would be vacationing on election, election day. <laughs> Cantrell warned that the veterans had printed sample ballots with intention of stuffing ballot boxes. And the veterans offered a $1,000 reward for verifiable information about electric election fraud and repeated a slogan that for weeks had sounded again and again from their car-mounted loudspeakers, your vote will be counted as cast. See, I, don't, like, I didn't really understand that. I was like, are they trying to say that, like, your vote's just going to be counted as cast? It's not actually going to be counted for, like, a person? Or I think it's I think it's trying to say, like, your vote will be counted with for who you voted for. Like, I think it's trying to say there will be no fraud. Like, if you vote for me, you vote for me. Or if you vote for him, you vote for him. Like, it's not going to be if you vote for me, well, it was a vote for him. Yeah. I, I think that's what they're trying to say. But... Uh, two days before this election, the GIs ran an advertisement in the Post-Athenian. These young men fought fought and won a war for good government. They know what it takes and what it means to have a clean government. And they are energetic enough, honest enough, intelligent enough to give us good, clean government. A couple of pages further on, the Democrats had had their say. Look at the facts, and you will vote for the Democratic ticket. The campaign fight as old as the hills is the history <laughs> of the outs wanting back in. As old as the hills of the outs wanting back in. Yep. Damn, that's a, that's an insult right there. <laughs> the next day, the paper reported that the veterans from Blount County had offered to come help with the pools. Mansfield began building an army of his own. It has come to my attention, he announced, that certain elements intend to create a disturbance at and around the pools. In order to see that law and order is maintained, I will have several hundred deputies patrolling the county. He, he hired all of them from outside the county and from some from outside the state. Huh. Damn. They, we've, we've seen this somewhere else, too. Yep. Yeah. These motherfuckers do whatever they fucking can. Just bringing them all in. They would crowd inside every voting precinct, and they would be armed. They would be armed. They it do be like that. Yeah. So, election day. Uh-oh. August 1st, 1946. Election Day found voters lined up early in the largest turnout in local history. Joining them were some 300 of the Sheriff's Mansfield Special Deputies. Trouble began early. At 9.30 a.m., Walter Ellis, a legally appointed GI representative at the first precinct in the courthouse, was arrested and jailed for protesting irregularities. Sirens wailed through the morning, and police cruisers were seen speeding towards the jail. GIs began gathering on Washington Street outside L.L. Schaefer's jewelry store, which served as an office for their campaign manager, Jim Butram. 
who was seen who had seen action in Africa, Sicily, Italy, and Normandy. Jim Damn. Butt, Jim Butt Naked. Jim yeah. Butt Rim. Butt Rim? No, Butt Ram. It's literally <laughs> Butt Ram. Butt Ram. It's literally Butt Ram. <laughs> That's just as good. <laughs> we have fucking. He rammed butts in Africa, <laughs> Sicily, Italy, and Normandy. And Normandy. <laughs> fucking General Butt Naked and fucking General Butt Ram. <laughs> Yo. Above the above the door, a sign read "Foam Seven Eight Seven Jim Butt Ram." <laughs> <laughs> the number to which voters were to report election fraud. Only after prolonged pounding did a hair. <laughs> <laughs> that sentence does not go there, Mike. You the did that on purpose. No, this is best. That's awesome. <laughs> Only after prolonged pounding did a harried butt rim cautiously open his comrades. <laughs> oh no! As one of the 200 GIs filled the small store, the somber mood of their leader told them they were in trouble. He showed them copies of two telegrams dated July, dated July 22nd. One he addressed to Government Jim McCord of Nashville, and the other to attend, uh, Attorney General Tom Clark in Washington, D.C., and they requested assistance to ensure a fair election, and neither had been answered. Otto Kennedy, not an ex-GI himself, but a political advisor to the veterans, entered the office and announced that Cantrell had posted armed guards at each precinct. They all knew that this was move was in, pre- in preparation for the 4 p.m. poll closings and the ballot boxes would be moved to the jail for counting. A small group of veterans demanded an armed mobilization and called for a leader, but Rim declined. So did Kennedy, but he offered the reel of his he offered the real, rear of his S and Key garage and tire shop across the street as a meeting hall. The group crossed the street, held a meeting, and agreed that those who do not have weapons should go get them and return as quickly as possible. By 3 p.m., most were back at the S and Key garage, and most were armed. At about this time, Tom Galipsy, an elderly black farmer from Union Road, stepped inside the 11th precinct polling place in Athens, in the Athens Waterworks on Jackson Street. Wendy Wise, a Cantrell guard, I guess I should preface this here, like, I mean, back in the day, like, People weren't so nice with what they said. No, not at all. <laughs> and, I mean, I want to try to be accurate, like, because, I mean, like, this is what this dude said. <laughs> there's I know there's about to be <laughs> there's yeah. about to be a slur. There is about to be a slur. Sam, Wendy Wise, a Cantrell guard, told Glipsy, nigger, you can't vote here. Ugh. Oh, no. You hate to hear it. This yeah. bitch. Yeah. We do not condone such words the however the witch and the audacity of this bitch <laughs> this fucking God, um, bitch when tom protested wise struck him with the brass knuckles Calypso dropped his ballot and ran for the door wise pulled a pistol and shot him in the back as he reached the sidewalk what so yeah it's not not only did he call him a nigger he punched him in the head with brass knuckles and he fucking shot him in the back as he was running away what yeah hmm it's fucked up. Jesus. Yeah. The first shot of the day brought crowds streaming up Jackson from the courthouse. Sheriff Mansfield Cruiser turned off College Street and screeched to a halt in front of the waterworks, and deputies loaded the bleeding Galipsy into the car. Mansfield ordered the precinct closed, posted four deputies outside to guard the waterworks, and then took Galipsy to jail. So not only did they shoot him. Oh my him, god. They took him to jail afterwards. <laughs> you know, that sounds like cops. You know, I get yeah. that. You bastard, he's running away from me. I thought he was going to hurt me. Yeah, not much has changed. Jesus. A dozen veterans from the S&K started up Jackson towards the waterworks. They were unarmed. 
During the confusion following the shooting, the two GI pool watchers, Ed Vestal and Charles Scott, had been seized and held hostage inside the waterworks by Wise and another Cantrell deputy, Carl Neal. When the veterans reached the waterworks, the crowd began taunting the armed guards. As Wise and Neal stood at the window watching the angry throng outside, Vestal and Scott plunged through the plate glass windows and ran bleeding for the protection of the crowd. So these two, like, GI pool watchers, they were like, fuck this, we're getting out of here, busted out the window. That's awesome. How the hell did they get through the plate glass windows? I think they ran and fucking cannonballed themselves through the window. They said that they fucking ran well, yeah, blood into the fucking people. You know how much fucking force that takes? They're GIs, man. Yeah, that's impressive. Uh, Wise stepped through the broken glass, waving his pistol. Several veterans rushed the forward, but were quickly pulled back to safety. One of them shouted, let's go get our guns. And they left for the S&K garage. Oh, no. <laughs> Hopefully he just waits there. <laughs> in the meantime, Chief Deputy Bo Dunn had his men form a cordon from the building to his cruiser, and the ballot box was carried out to the car. So literally, they had men, they had officers stand in to make a wall yeah. from the door to the car to get this ballot box in there. Wise told Dunn about the GI's threat, and the Chief Deputy ordered the two of his men to GI headquarters to arrest those whom Wise could identify. The rest of the deputies piled into the cruiser, which sped back towards the jail. When the two deputies reached the GI headquarters, they were disarmed and taken prisoner. So when the two others sent later as reinf- so were the two others sent later as reinforcements. Oof. A crowd began to gather outside. Three more deputies came with pistols drawn, only to be pummeled and dragged inside. The crowd did begin to demand the lives of the captives. Some of the veterans agreed. This talk alarmed Otto Kennedy, and he left. Valentine- yeah, <laughs> he- I get that. He vowed to have no part in murder. The crowd began to disperse, and most of the GIs left. Soon, a small nucleus of veterans were alone with seven hostages. The veterans took the hostages to the woods ten miles out of town, beat them, and shackled them to trees. Shit! Uh, a polling place for the 12th Precinct had been set up out back of the, of the Dixie Cafe across Hornsby Alley from the jail. It was commanded by Minus Wilbram for Cantrell. Bob Harrell and Lindsay Dooley, had lost, who had lost an arm in North Africa, were assigned as the GI pool watchers. Throughout the day, they had observed Wilburn letting minors vote and handing cash to adult voters. Then at 3.45 p.m., when Wilburn attempted to allow a young woman to vote despite the fact that she had no poll tax receipt and that her name did not appear on the registration list, Harold's patience gave out. As Wilburn reached the, to deposit the ballot, Harold grabbed the, his wrist, Wilburn slapped him across the head with a blackjack, and kicked him in the face as he fell to the floor. Damn. It's a blackjack. <laughs> Like it's the, a club with a stick. Mm. Yeah. It, it, it's meant to, like, knock. It's meant to, you hit it in the head and it's supposed to knock out. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't it have studs on it, though? I th- so, like, some of them do, some of them don't. Okay. Some of them are just, like, made it, like, like kind of like a leather thong, almost, with, like, a heavy weight in the end. Mm. Yeah. Like, boom. And he's, bap him on the head. Yeah. Uh. Bap <laughs> him on the head. Bap him on the head. It's bad, Mr. Voter. You can't vote here. So after he fell to the floor, <laughs> the officer closed the precinct ordered Hornsby Alley blocked at both ends and with the possession of guards crossed the lawn to the jail with the ballot box and the GIs with, with the ballot box and the GIs as captives. The Cantrell forces had calculated that if they controlled the 1st, 11th, and 12th precincts in Athens and the one in Etowah, the election was theirs. The ballot boxes from the Waterworks, the 11th, and the Dixie Cafe, the 12th, were safely inside the jail. The voting place for the 1st precinct the courthouse was bar- barricaded by deputies who held four GIs hostage and Paul Cantrell himself had Etowah under control. So by 6 p.m. it seemed to be over. GI headquarters were deserted, and unhappy crowds moved quietly along the streets. Another election had been stolen, and nothing could be done about it. And that's when the battle began. 
Dun-dun-dun. That was just the precursor. <laughs> and that's when the Fire Nation attacked. Oh, no. Are we Damn, the Fire bro. Nation? I might watch Avatar again. Now. <laughs> you said watch. that. If you haven't watched The Legend of Korra, that's not bad either. I Yeah, I moved on to that one. But now that he said that, I just really want to. <laughs> really I mean, you got, like, the animals in. Well, I mean, I guess the animals are probably, like, always, like, the best part of that show. Like, you got Appa and Momo in the first one. Yeah. And then you have, uh, I forget, like, the big polar bear dog. Yeah. And then you have the fire ferret. Yeah. I like the fire. I didn't get to the fire ferret. Yeah. Oh no, he's like the, like uh, the Earth dude. You know when they're like doing the bending, like championship stuff. Yeah, I didn't get that far in Legend of Korra yet. I only watched like the first couple of episodes oh. so far, so I didn't see the fire ferret. So you're like right, you're like right there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure episode two. Yeah. Maybe have made it to three. Fair enough. So I saw the polar bear dog. I saw Ang's son. Shit like that, but I don't know. I don't know much, much else. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. So, uh, Bill White, who had fought in the Pacific, which I, I was listening to, I've said about this before with like Dan Collins' podcast. Yeah, but like some of the fighting and shit was like crazy. Like people, like thirty thousand people on one side dying over six foot square mile island, like. Over, like, a, a month of fighting for yeah. this tiny piece of land in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Like, they would talk about how they'd have to go and, like, literally route the Japanese out of every little cave and nook and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, and they had they literally had to burn forests or yeah. jungles, whatever they're technically called out there. They had to burn them with flamethrowers to push the forest back because if they didn't, there were going to be Japanese in there and they were going to get flanked. They talk about how at night they're sitting in their foxholes. And then, like, they would hear, like, like the Japanese people would, like, cru- like, crouch up and, like, sneak, like, really close to them and, like, just shout at them and, like, whisper at them. Stuff like that. And then they would hear people, like, running by just in the middle of the night by their foxholes, like, not knowing what's going on. And, like, sometimes, like, they would shoot at them only to find in the morning that they'd shot, like, one of their own dudes who was, like, just going to take a piss or something. Or, like, fighting off somebody who was, like, running Dude, these motherfuckers are nuts. So, yeah, all these guys Dude. came back fucking fucked. Yeah, the World yeah. War II, it was fucked. Yeah. It was absolutely... Yeah. War Crime Central. There is a reason the Geneva Convention exists. There's a whole event called the Rape of Nanking. Yeah, there is. A, <laughs> there is a reason the Geneva Convention exists. When your like town gets raped, that's just bad. <laughs> like your whole yeah. town, it's just not good. And it, it wasn't a tiny town either. No, the whole city, you should say. Yeah, city. So, uh, Bill White, who had fought in the Pacific while still in his teens, like, literally he was in his teens, which would be awful. Yep. And come home, an ex-sergeant had gone angry. An ex-sergeant? Yeah. Holy shit. That's pretty good for a fucking teenager. Yeah. Holy shit. Ex-teenager. <laughs> He's an ex-sergeant and an ex-teenager. Yeah. Uh, he had gotten angry as the day wore on. At two in the afternoon, he had harangued the group of veterans in the SE garage, saying... You call yourselves GIs. You go over there and you fight for three or four years. You come back here and you let a bunch of draft dodgers who stayed here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. And you are making it safe for them. Push you around. If you people don't stop this and now is a time and place, you people won't make a pimple on a fighting GI's ass. (laughs) And he just ends it with get guns. Get guns. He's not wrong. No. (laughs) No. In the early evening, White went to get guns himself. He sent two GIs to get a truck, and with a few other veterans, perhaps a dozen, he headed for the National Guard Armory. 
There, he said in a 1969 interview, he broke down the armory doors and took all the rifles, two Thompson submachine guns, and all the ammunition he could carry, loaded it up in the two-ton truck, and went back to GI headquarters and passed out 70 high-powered rifles, two bandoliers of ammunition with each one. Damn. Yeah. Damn. By 90 p- Not yet, by 90... Bill White knows what the fuck's good. By 9 p.m., Paul Cantrell, Pat Mansfield, State Representative George Woods, who was also a member of the Election Commission, and about 50 deputies were locked inside the jail and going through the ballot boxes. The presence of Mansfields and Woods meant that the majority of the Election Commission was in hand so that tallies could be certified and validated on the spot. Mm. More deputies were still barricading the courthouse, but along the streets, none were to be seen. If the Cantrell forces had been a bit more wary, they might have spotted some shadows slipping up the embankment directly across the street from the jail. Opinions differ on exactly how the challenge was issued. White says he was the one who called it out. Would you damn bastards bring those damn ballot boxes out here? Are we going to set the siege against the jail and blow it down? Moments later, the night exploded in automatic weapons fire, punctured by shotgun blasts. I I fired the first shot, White claimed. Then everybody started shooting from our side. A deputy ran from the, for the jail. I shot him. He wheeled and fell inside the jail. Bullets ricocheted up and down White Street. I shot a second man. His leg flew out from under him, and he crawled under a car. The veterans bombarded the jail for hours, but Cantrell and his accomplices, secured behind the red brick walls, refused to surrender. As, a, as an uncertain battle dragged past midnight, the GIs began to have some uneasy second thoughts. They knew that they had violated local, state, and federal laws that night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did. Hey, Just guys. a couple. Hey, guys. We uh, we might have fucked up here. <laughs> guys, is this illegal? Nobody told me this was illegal. <laughs> and if Cantrell was not routed before his rescuers arrived, they may spend the rest of their lives in prison. Rumors compounded their fields. The National Guard is on its way. The state troopers are here. Berg Mitchell's and his gang are coming. Who the uh, fuck is Berg Mitchell? <laughs> he, he ran Polk County, a neighboring county, even more ruthlessly than Cantrell ran oh, Mann okay. County. <laughs> Got it. So they're just friends. Uh, if the veterans had known the truth, they would have been less apprehensive. George Woods had telephoned Briggs earlier in the night for help. Briggs was not there, but soon his but his son, Broughton, took the call. He answered, do you think I'm crazy? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That sounds, that's not a bad response. <laughs> that is when Woods then slipped out of town. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm out of here then. Uh, the veterans were eager to end the batter. Bat- yeah, bat- bat- <laughs> we're eagle to end, end the, the batter. The veterans were eager to end the battle. <laughs> Some of them made Molotov cocktails. Others went to the county supply house for dynamite. I was going to say, they need a way to get inside the walls. They got a Rainbow Six Siege, that shit. <laughs> Hard breach. Hard breach. Chunk a chunk. The gas line bombs proved ineffective. But at 12.30, I mean, yeah, 2.30 a.m., the dynamite arrived. Hey. At about this time, an ambulance pulled around the north side of the jail. Assuming it was for evacuation of the wounded, the veterans let it pass. Two men jumped in, but then instead of returning to the hospital, the ambulance sped north out of town. The men inside were Paul Cantrell and Pat Mansfield. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, they call the That's ambulance. a war crime. They're like, we're fucking out of here. That's a war crime. You can't fucking you can't <laughs> do shit with that, like, with your medics. You can't use your medics as cover. They don't care. That, that, hey, he's smart. <laughs> That's a war crime. Doesn't matter. At 2.48 a.m., the first dynamite was tossed towards the jail. It landed under, under Bo Dunn's cruiser, and the explosion flipped the vehicle over on its top. And, like, that's the crazy thing. Like, they got dynamite. They have, like, police cars and, like, cruisers and stuff. But they don't have electricity in their houses. <laughs> like, that's just, like, the crazy, like, time yeah. period. <laughs> yeah. 
Everyone's just fighting with Tommy guns and shit. I thought like you were going to say it's, it's crazy that the fucking cops or other people wouldn't just surrender. Like, oh, yeah. you're fucking completely surrounded. I can't imagine the cops have, like, riot gear. So they probably have, like, fucking pistols. Maybe, maybe. Pistols a blackjack. I was like, maybe a couple of them have shotguns. Oh, fuck These that. fucking Bunch veterans. draft dodgers. <laughs> these veterans are fucking coming at you with fully automatic rifles. <laughs> dynamite. Molotov. Like, fuck that. <laughs> like, they are outgunned, outnumbered, and pinned in a jail. Like, I can't believe they didn't fucking fly a white flag or something. Three more bundles of dynamite were thrown almost simultaneously. One landed on the jail porch roof, another under Mansfield's car, and the third struck the jail wall. The explosions rattled windows throughout the town. Leaves fell from the trees. Debris scattered for blocks, and the jailhouse porch jumped off its foundation. The deputies barricaded in the courthouse a block away rushed onto the balcony, eager to surrender. You really like those eagles today. Yeah. (laughs) The jail's defendants staggered from their ruined stronghold and handed the ballot box over to the veterans. When the Cantrell's forces conquered, ten years of suppressed rage exploded. The townspeople set upon the captured deputies, but for the GIs, probably would have killed them all. Minus Wilburn, a particularly unpopular deputy, had his throat slashed. Damn! Biscuit Ferris, Cantrell's prison superintendent, has his jaw shattered by a bullet. And Wendy Wise was kicked and beaten senseless. The guy who shot the black man. Yeah. Uh, Joined a number of the... uh, let me Joint? say beaten senseless. Yeah. Good old beaten. <laughs> yeah. He got the jailhouse special. You're in for a whooping boy. <laughs> <laughs> Come here. Come here. Right now. <laughs> Give me your brass knuckles. Give me your brass knuckles. I know you got them. <laughs> I saw a post on Reddit where, like, I don't know what, like, the situation was. Like, this guy must have, like, stole something from this dude or, like, stole drugs from this dude or something like that. Because, like, he was chasing around with a weed whacker. But like the guy, <laughs> the guy, the other guy just wouldn't like run away or nothing. He kept like coming back and like walking back to the dude. He's like, "Yo, I'm sorry, man. I'll never do it again. Like, I'm sorry." And the guy was like, "No, come here." And he just like kept hitting him with like the weed whacker and shit. Like, dude, wow. and dude would like scream and like run, but he would like keep coming back. Ah, what? dude. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, no. No, thank and you. the guy with the weed back was like, mm, come here. He <laughs> <laughs> puts the lotion on the skin. <laughs> and the guy's like, no, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just stop. Like, I'll never do it again. I'll never do it again. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> One weed whacker to another. Uh, oh, joined by a number of their fellows, the GIs cleared the jail of rioters and locked up their prisoners for the night. At dawn, the veterans slipped from the jail, made their way to the de- de- uh, detritus of the battle, and dispersed into what they hoped would be anonymity. Uh, anonymity. Yep. Miraculously, there had been no deaths. Except for that one dude. No, apparently he didn't die. He had his throat slit. Yep, and apparently he didn't die. Why, what? what the <laughs> fuck? Why does this keep happening in all, this, all the stuff that we cover? That'd be terrible. Yeah, that's not, fu- that's not fun. That happened last week on a news article, didn't yeah. it? There was someone who got... Yeah, it was at the fucking... Oh, the, yeah, con- the redneck, like... Yeah, the redneck rave. rave, and some dude got his fucking throat slit, and he yeah, fucking so- still survived. Yeah, some dude got his throat slit, some dude got impaled by a... Tr- a-, a log pierced the floorboard of his car and impaled him. <laughs> <laughs> got it. That does happen, actually, yeah. yeah uh, it's crazy. On August 2nd, the next day, a... A page one headline in the New York Times wrongly trumpeted the news, Tennessee Sheriff is slain in primary day violence. 
All day long, reporters with cameras and notebooks poured into town to photograph, question, analyze, and write. And every newcomer passed the, sideway, the sign on Highway 11 that said, Welcome to Athens, the friendly city. <laughs> the friendly city. So, in the aftermath, the victory of the veterans that night in August of 1946 appeared at first to have settled nothing. The national press was almost unanimous in condemning the actions of the GIs. In an editorial, perhaps the best reflecting the ambivalence of the startled nation, the New York Times concluded, Corruption, when, there, when and where it exists, demands reform. And even the most corrupt and boss-running communities are peaceful means by which reform can be achieved. But there is no substitute in democracy for orderly process. The syndicated columnist Robert C. Rourke commented, There is very little difference, essentially, between a vigilante and a member of a lynch mob. And if we are seeking an answer to crooked politics, the one, the only one that the Athens boys just propounded sure ain't it. Fair Com- enough. Commonweal cautiously compared the battle to the American Revolution. Then went on to say that nothing could be more dangerous for both our liberties and our welfare than making that of McMinn County Revolution into a habit. In the early days of 1946, a power vacuum existed in McMinn County that easily could have spawned anarchy. Armed GIs patrolled the streets that were still tense with rumors of a Mansfield army poised to reclaim Athens. Hundreds of men were issued permits to carry weapons, and machine guns on rooftops guarded the approaches to the town. Several Damn. To- <laughs> There's just machine gun nests on the fucking roof. Several times, groups of veterans rushed to barricade roads, and occasionally they were terrorized innocent travelers in their attempt to thwart an invasion that never came. On August 4th, Pat Mansfield telegraphed his resignation of sheriff of McMinn County to Governor McCord and requested that Knox Henry fulfill his unexpired term, and that was the guy that they were trying to put into, the VIs were trying to put into uh, sheriff, uh, to fill his unexpired term, which would end on September 1st. Henry was appointed immediately, and the next day, State Representative George Woods returned to the county under GI protection to convene the election commission and certify the election. A cheer rang out from the courthouse when Woods rose as the canvas as the yeah, as the canvas ended and announced that Knox Henry was elected sheriff by a vote of two thousand hundred and seventy five to one thousand two hundred and seventy. So um, pretty much almost double. Yeah. And a full year afterward, the national press seized upon the most insignificant news from Athens as evidence of veterans' lawlessness. There was indeed remarkably little criminal prosecution in the wake of that violent night. Only one man had charges brought against him. Wendy Wise, the deputy who had shot the old black farmer. Good! But he only drew a sentence of one to three years. Well, okay, yeah, it was the 40s. They're kind of still not the best. We're getting there. But good, that motherfucker deserves to at least have fucking... I do like how out of everything that happened, only one dude gets charged with something. <laughs> Everyone's just like, you're a dick. Yeah, like, <laughs> fuck, fuck that you. person. Hey, fuck that guy. Yeah. Like, the dude's running away. Just let him fucking run. No, nope, I'm gonna fucking shoot him. Already hit him with brass knuckles. Yeah. And a fucking... Was, did, they, did he hit him with the blackjack, too? Or is that a different guy? That was a different guy. Yeah. Yeah. Different, different guy. Yeah. yeah, the guy punched with his black knuckles. He dropped his bow, and he was running out the door. Shot yeah. him in the back. Yeah, so that's the Battle of Athens. Damn, man. Tennessee. 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 Trademarked. <laughs> that is nuts, though. <laughs> Another just, group of, gris- of disgruntled it's just, it's, citizens. It's like the coal miners fucking rebellion. Yeah. They, they, you just keep getting fucked over and fucked over. And then, and like, then eventually it explodes. It's, it's almost, yeah. You can't fucking do that forever. 
just fucking get dynamite and Molotov trying to blow this jail up. I, I can't And then slowly it. realizing, like, hey, fuck, we might be hey, fucked. Hey, here. hey, guys, are we the baddies? <laughs> we might be fucked, man. Is this illegal? Shit, just being on the other side, <laughs> coming home, and then just having to be the fucking oppressor. Can you imagine just being like a couple houses down the street from the jailhouse, and there's just fucking dynamite going off, uh, yeah. auto machine guns, yeah, sure, sure. and you're just like, God damn it, guys! I, have I mean, to go to work. In it's the Tennessee in the 1940s. Let's not get carried away here. The town can't be that big. Yeah, on the dirt streets. Yeah, the town of less than seven thousand people. Yeah, it can't be all that big. But it damn. was a good one. Yeah. I enjoyed it. No, I always, I always like the these little tales that you always give. It's like, it's like, fucking go, little guy. You're always yeah. like on the side. You're just always like, yeah, fuck yeah. Start <laughs> shooting the fucking government up, man. <laughs> <laughs> They're fucking you. You start fucking them, man. I don't know. It's just like. Things like that, like, not a lot of people know about, you know? Yeah. No, I've never heard of that. They're awesome. I always enjoy learning a little bit about history. Just fucking loading your rooftops up with machine guns. Yeah. Daddy, what kind of bird makes that nest? That's the nest of the American <laughs> eagle right there, son. <laughs> A true bird. That's Uncle Sam's nest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Oh shit, I think it's been another one. Yep. Yeah. I'm Bud Walker. Michael Foskey. I'm Seth. We'll see you next week, kids. You're in for a whooping, boy.